Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Right, like Ryan Callahan's appendix, dude, yeah. I am bursting with excitement. Are you? For the podcast today. You are bursting. Dude. I am. Poor bastard. I know. <laughs> I I've, love that they're saying he might play. I've had my appendix out. Dude. And it was not pleasant. He's not going to play. Why are they even pretending he's going to play? I think I had my, but he'll he'll play, he would definitely play in game seven, I think. You think so? Because I had my appendix out on a Wednesday, and I went to Vegas that Friday. Whoa! I did, dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was I was younger, so obviously, so I I, I bounced back. But, but you didn't have people intentionally targeting your body. That's true. That's a little different. That's it's right. a little different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. You 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 rolling the dice on a, on a lovely <laughs> craps table is different than uh, someone bearing down and trying to crush your soul. That's true. So yeah, yeah. That's... He'll probably play Game Seven. There will be no Game Seven. Game Six is going to end tonight. Is that that's your thinking? That's it. That's it. Well, dude, we're going to be talking more about the playoffs later in the podcast. I know it's been a little while. We have a couple of people that are slightly peeved. We haven't been uh, broadcasting. Anything. What? Yeah. What? What is there to talk about, dude? Well, what do they want us to talk about? Well, I'm not not sure, but we're going to find something to talk about. Sure. And now that you know our schedules are more aligned and the mustache is gone. Yes, mustache gone. Some listeners came to see the yeah. show. Yeah, I thought that was. Thank you cool. for checking that out and tweeting at us and appreciate it and hope you enjoyed it and. No more mustache. No more mustache. It's I can done. I can attest to that. It's and all it, gone. It's gone, and so I should have taken advantage of that free mustache ride <laughs> offer you, <laughs> you you had. And that I was never an offer. I never took advantage. That was never on the table, dude. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> now just, just crush my spirit. Sorry, dude. Well, I mean, we're we're friends, but not that close, dude. In the annals of in in the sharks news world, what is there to talk about, if anything? Well, dude, I mean, we still don't have a coach. That's um, true. That's more the sharks are staying in news. San Jose. Okay. I mean, we can talk about that, and yep. certainly uh, uh, our owner, uh, the mysterious man of international mystery, uh, Hasso Plotner, uh, <laughs> arriving unannounced at the press conference and then scolding the local media for uh, saying he's never here. Uh, we can definitely talk about that, dude. Yeah. Uh, but let's start with the Sharks staying in San Jose, uh, a 10-year extension with the opportunity for it to, I think, go to, to 2040 if the Sharks want to do that. You know, some some very small, you know, hints of improvements, but nothing mm-hmm. major announced. Um, what do you make of this announcement happening this quickly in the offseason, especially with rumblings of the Sharks maybe moving to San Francisco. Well, I think that's it's clearly a response to those uh those kinds of rumors. Uh, nothing will th- there's nothing that will turn a fan base against you quite as cl- quickly as a threat to move a franchise, right? Uh, we've certainly seen this in other sports. It's uh almost invariably seen as some major money grab whether or not that's true or not. Uh and that just will produce endless questions for the for the team on the ice for management for the owner and i completely understand uh them wanting to go out and sort of placate the fan base after an 
a you know horrible season, a disappointing season by almost all accounts. And now they're going to add insult to injury and say, yeah, we might not be in San Jose <laughs> in a little while. Right. I mean, I have my select a seat uh, in a couple days, and I'm expecting to see quite a few good seats available. And, you going to move down, dude? Uh, well, we're going to see. We're going to see mm-hmm. what's available. Um, I don't think I will we'll probably won't move. to. I the- miss that night. I love yeah, that night. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That yeah. was a great night. I remember doing that night on crutches one year. Do you that's remember right. that, dude? Yeah, yeah. That night on crutches, I had ankle surgery. I still <laughs> showed up to select a seat. Hell yeah. And I used my crutches as a weapon <laughs> to try and keep people away from certain seats, dude. It's true. Yeah, that That's a fun evening. It is fun, and I'm expecting uh, it will be a target-rich environment for people yeah. who want seats. So, yeah. uh, And nothing would make the uh, inventory of available seats larger then saying, yeah, we might be playing with the Warriors up in, uh, you know, Pier, you know, forty-two or whatever that is up there, uh, in a couple years. I mean, that's just an easy way to get people to check out. So I'm, I'm glad they did it. Uh, I know they want to make improvements to the arena, and it's crazy to think that even though the arena was built in the '90s, uh, it's one of the oldest arenas in the NHL, which right. is insane. He made a comment about that, saying, you know, this notion of having a new arena every twenty years is an American thing, and yeah. you know, this is not necessary and we can work with the building we have i think this is a good start to the off season i think it's a smart play by sharks management and the ownership to come out and do this aggressively and quickly uh, i think you know we'll get into plotner's statement here in a second but the salty germans presence <laughs> at the press conference i think was a 100 percent calculated move um and sure. they, they have some they need to save some face here in a big way. They got to mend some fences. They sure do. Um, and it's mainly with the fan base. And uh, for him to come there, be present. Um, you know, we're not looking for a Mark Cuban, Dan Snyder, overbearing type owner. But we do want someone. Who, you know, I think we need to feel a little better here. Yeah. You know, that, you know, the Sharks are headed in the right direction. He comes out and says, oh, well, you know, we, we have a plan. You know, we're going to win a cup in the next 10 years. Okay, sure. But I mean, everybody's uh, it's nice, but it's that. nice to at least hear somebody come out and say that. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. You know, things aren't, you know, it's making a little joke. You know, uh, things didn't go exactly well. I'm looking at you, Doug. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, I do want to hear him hold Doug Wilson accountable, even if he's still on board mm-hmm. with, you know, he made this, you know, Doug's not on the ice playing. True. Mm-hmm. Doug didn't exactly provide the right players you know, especially on the fourth line. Right. But he mentioned that again, specifically that that's something that needs to be addressed. Will Wilson to address it correctly. I don't know. He's done a pretty lousy job of bringing in those types of players. Yes, that's true. But maybe, maybe there's going to be a renewed focus on it. I don't know. I felt better about it, dude. Did you feel better? I did. And, and some of the other things he said, he talked about actually going through list of unrestricted free agents. And I mean, that shows that he's involved. That shows that he's not a completely out to lunch guy who has no idea what's going on. And this is just like a play thing, a trinket for him to have fun with. Like you said, I think this may, this could potentially encroach into Dan Snyderland, and you don't want Hasso Plattner demanding <laughs> that the Sharks sign Chris Versteeg or something. Right. Uh, I don't even know if right. he's unrestricted, but you know, somebody like that, you know, bring, Bring me Scotty Upshaw. I want all German players. Where are they? I want the air half, and I want to have Gotchbuck. Let's all have them all. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's 
you know, on one hand, you, you don't really want that. But on the other hand, you want him to be an engaged owner and for him to feel the pinch and for him to feel down when the team doesn't go well. Because I think if I had to um, sort of condense what I think some fans were worried about is that this guy had, you know, not enough emotional connection or, or maybe even a connection at all to the team. And, and I think maybe he's trying to prove that that's, that's not the case. You know, I am involved in this team. Maybe he's not in the Bay Area full-time, but he doesn't like it when they lose, and he is interested in, in bringing on new players. And it's not just going to be, uh, you know, almost what the Wurtz family did in Chicago, which people, I think, may have forgotten 10 to 15 years ago. The Wurtz family basically, like, burned that team to the ground. And not with a plan. They just burned it to the ground because uh, I think they probably had a, a fairly good financial situation going on there, even without a lot of uh, you know butts in the seats. And they just sucked, and they just didn't seem to care that mm-hmm. they sucked for a mm-hmm. long time. And as it turns out, you know the um, one words uh, passed away, and another one sort of assumed the reins. And sort of at the same time as when they did all that, you know, early drafting and basically built the juggernaut that we're now seeing in the playoffs, but. Um, I don't see, you know, that when I think of those years in Chicago, I think of like something that would definitely make a person stop caring about their team. And and I don't see that with the Sharks. Well, and that's, uh, I'm a big Golden State Warriors fan, dude. And, you know, when we were in high school, I mean, that was the, uh, you know, the run TMC. TMC, And that was my, I mean, I loved hockey, but the basketball was my favorite. I mean, I just loved that team. And they got an owner named Chris Cohan who completely destroyed that team and they got a new owner Mm -hmm. and in just four years he's turned them into the the favorites to win the nba title right and uh made that place an amazing place to go and watch basketball again and you know i don't think plotner's got that same drive and charisma that joe lakeup does but at least we're seeing him step forward and sure dude it makes sense the guy you know paid more money to get controlling interest of the team to what? Be financially responsible for losses? Right. No. No. I mean, he did it because he wanted to be the owner of a winning sports franchise. I'm right. sure. He doesn't need the money. This guy's a bajillionaire, right? And and unlike maybe like a Steve Ballmer, it didn't seem like he really bought the team in order to project himself into some sort of spotlight. No. Well, clearly not. I mean, somebody has... <laughs> it's the first time we've seen him. Well, somebody has... Someone has told him... Yeah. Listen, dude. and then I don't know if it's Tortora. I don't know if it's Wilson. I don't know if it's both of them. If it's all of them together coming together and saying we need to, because yeah. um, it's clear there's a lot less Doug. We haven't heard Jack <laughs> from Doug Wilson. Yeah, you know, in the last few weeks, and I think all we heard uh, Doug Wilson was everywhere last yeah. year after the the first round loss, right. squawking about how upset he was, and there's going to be changes in tomorrow team and blah blah blah. Doug Wilson hasn't said one freaking word mm-hmm. and and i think that is calculated as well they played it the wrong way last year and now they're they're taking a different approach and so far i'm encouraged so I, far i think they've been listening to the podcast dude. i think so dude as everyone should as everyone should as everyone should all right dude is there any other uh things you want to speak of in um, terms of uh plot yeah there, there are three other things that i want to talk about um I thought he was right on point with saying the stadium series was the tipping point of the season. I think yeah. he's right. Yeah. And when they lost that game, uh, it was demoralizing for the 70,000 people that were in that stadium there to watch the Sharks on a national stage 
to to lose that game. Uh, they didn't really ever recover from that. I think he's right. Um, I think the comments about the DW Jumbo feud, him saying they settle it as hockey players. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know? Do you still buy that? You know that those two guys are able to move past this. Um, you know that's also been quiet. Yeah. You know uh, we haven't heard a lot of of comments from John Thornton anymore after he kind of took the shots across the bow at T Mac. Um, where do you? Th- I mean, we're just speculating right now, but wh- where do you think this stands? And and can they coexist? As David Pollock speculated, that maybe they can't. Right. I, I well, certainly, I think that they've uh, at least come to an agreement that taking shots at each other in the press is probably not going to serve anybody well. So at least they've all come to sort of that agreement. Um, and there's there's a truce clearly in place at this point how uneasy the truce is uh i'm not sure i'm sure they're not inviting each other over for barbecues let's put it that way um (laughs) i i you know we have no reason to believe that it's one of those things where they they couldn't uh you know exist without one another because frankly i don't think it's nearly as bad as as a player not being able to coexist with a coach because you see the coach every day um you know you see him every game he's he's always there he's the person that i mean you could go you don't need to see the GM all the time. If you're playing on a team, I mean, there's no real reason to interact with the GM on a regular basis. You, your contract signed, you're playing hockey. What's the deal, right? It's not like the GM is normally going in there giving, you know, uh, you know, go get them, you know, win one for the Gipper type speeches. So I, I think, you know, that kind of relationship, even if fractured can, can sort of persist indefinitely, unless someone breaks the truce. Right. Um, We'll have to see. I mean, again, I think the silence, while it's been only a short period of time, is encouraging that maybe they may be able to move past this. You know, um, the new coach is going to add a whole different dynamic to this situation because it doesn't seem like McClellan was really helping. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I'm not putting blame on him. No. I just, I think that that wasn't an additional equation. I mean, you know, we got another clue from Plotner when he said, you know, uh, Todd said seven years is enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, again, emphasizing this was also very much Todd McClellan's decision to, he wanted to go. Right. You know, he yeah. was done. He was done with it. He was done with it. And, and um, that does underscore that there are definitely problems with this team can a new coach fix it all i don't know um the other thing i want to talk about dude is um the comments by plotner that there are going to be other teams in a cap position where they are unable to sign their young players because they will i think he said uh pop through the roof Mm -hmm. and the sharks are in a good cap position he didn't say that they'll be able to take advantage of other teams, but that's something that we've been looking at mm-hmm. with the Sharks having close to $20 million of cap space going into next season with the cap uh, ceiling rising. Right. Might the Sharks be in a position that Florida has been in so many times to take when they took Brian Campbell from, from Chicago for nothing? Yeah, yeah. You know, could we see that on the horizon as the Sharks try to remake themselves more aggressively. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very possible, especially if the owner's mentioning it. Uh, I think that that tips his hand a little bit saying, yeah, we'll be players in this space, right? I mean, that's a whole lot different than saying we need to rebuild from within, right? You, didn't, you certainly right. didn't say that. Um, 
you know, maybe we won't go full on uh, Philadelphia offer sheet to Shea Weber territory here, but maybe, maybe who knows? I mean, maybe this is something that, that Plotner is interested in doing. And I mean, that's certainly a very legitimate way of building a team. I mean, we've certainly seen teams in the past have high draft picks and they turn out to be nothing. Yeah. And one way to, to sort of de-risk that environment is to take a young player that you already know is good. Right. Right. I mean, that's one way to do it. Well, it worked out perfectly for Dallas. I mean, Dallas took advantage of two situations in Boston. They had a cap crunch. Mm -hmm. They knew they weren't going to be able to re-sign Sagan to the money they needed to give him. Mm -hmm. Right? Or was he already under contract? Am I making that up? I I don't remember. I think he was under contract. But but there was, like, problems with Sagan. Well, there was problems. They said he was partying and all this crap in Boston. So they took advantage of... They took a young player. Mm -hmm. They got him for... I mean, what they gave up was not substantial. And... And it's remade that entire team. Now, they still have problems, but at least they've got like a cornerstone player. Yeah. Two, you know, that yeah. you go oh, yeah. and go, okay, well, these guys are going to be the future, you know? So uh, could the Sharks be looking for a situation like that? I think we've seen Doug Wilson, we've seen good Doug Wilson yeah. take advantage of that many times. That's true. You know, so can good Doug Wilson rise from the ashes and strike? I don't know. And if that's really in the plan, then that's something I think Doug Wilson might actually be well-suited for, right? I mean, people are have been certainly not shy about pointing out his failings, and we've certainly not been shy about pointing him out on this show as well. But I think you're right. And one thing that he has shown pretty considerable success at is trading for good players at the right times. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe there will be a really good cap opportunity to do that again. We've heard no news about the coaching search, dude. It's all dead quiet as Mike Babcock takes his princess rounds uh, and uh, holds court in Toronto, Buffalo. We've heard those are the two places that he's visited so far. T-Mac is reportedly deep in discussions with Edmonton. I don't believe it until Babcock makes a decision that T-Mac is going to sign anywhere. I just can't imagine that that is the case unless he knows that Blashill is the guy in mm-hmm. Detroit if Babcock right. leaves. Right. Um, and that door won't even be open to him. The only name we've heard officially linked to the Sharks is Randy freaking Carlisle. Yeah. And that's it. That's not good. So. Um, well, maybe they're just playing things close to the vest, yeah, right? I just, that's, I cannot imagine that that's going to be what's going to happen. I think. Randy Carlisle? No. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that can't be it. No, no. That can't, that's not the solution. No. Right. No. Bob Hartley is the solution. Well, I mean, Bob Hartley was the solution in Calgary. Yeah. For sure. Steal him from Calgary. He's not going anywhere. He's got a, he, he's the freaking mayor of Calgary right now. Yeah. Never seen his team so happy to lose in the second round. <laughs> Seriously. I, oh, we're just happy to be here. They should be, you know? Um, so we'll just continue to monitor this bef- until Babcock makes his choice. Right. It's going to be Babcock and then the other dominoes will fall. So you, you're not, that's be- interesting that you're not believing uh, McClellan to the Oilers. I mean, now we have like Taylor Hall and these guys all praising McClellan at the world championships. I believe that there's interest. Okay. I believe there's mutual interest. I just don't believe... Well, McClellan's going to know the real story that we won't know publicly, which is I'm sure he knows what Babcock's up to. Like, yeah. I'm sure he knows. If Babcock really is leaving Detroit and there's an opening there, wouldn't he want to at least explore that? I would think. 
You would think so. I mean, Detroit's in a better position to succeed than Edmonton, not all even with all those crazy And it's picks. a known quantity. Yeah. And I mean, both places are lousy places to live, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think if you're looking at from from a hockey perspective, I mean, Detroit is is a proven quantity and I think ironically less pressure because even though you're trying to fill Babcock's shoes, I mean, the Oilers, I mean, you go in there and there's not some sort of substantial improvement next year. Yeah. You're gonna, everybody's going to get burned at the stake. Yeah, it's going to be a short leash. That's the thing. The leash will definitely be longer in Detroit. And it might be harder to recover from that, a, a failing in Edmonton. But I don't know. I mean, if they're going to throw some massive cash at him in yeah. order to get him to bypass the waiting process. Or maybe he's up for a crazy challenge. I mean, you know, certainly we've seen Mike Babcock talk to Toronto, which I don't think anybody thinks is a great... I mean, I would certainly not put it in my top five of places that are going to be easily easy to turn around. I mean, Toronto seems just like a, a terrible, terrible mess. Um, you know, they were terrible. They fired the coach and they got worse. So it's not really that it was the coach's fault. Well, you got a bunch of players that don't even want to be there. They got a bunch of players, and they can't move them. So, I mean, Babcock... He's not going to go there. He's insane if he goes there. I think he's going to go there. Ooh, he's crazy, man. I think he's going to do it. No. One, they're going to offer him a huge wheelbarrow full of cash. And two... He can be the man. I mean, that if you can succeed in Toronto, then you're the center of the hockey universe. He's crazy if he does that. I think he'll. Of course Shanahan he'll went there. Shanahan is crazy. Yeah, no. I, I, I think, mean, you know, I, I mean, don't know if if Shanahan had. I don't. I don't know what other options Shanahan had. You know, I mean, he's working in the league office, giving everybody a spanking every week. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that was paying the bills. He probably could have bought a Tim sure. Hortons yeah. franchise well, or something. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I. I'd rank Toronto as the lowest desirable coaching option. Like that's at the bottom. Right. Like, but I, I think it appeals to ego. And I think Babcock's got that. I would think he'd rather go to Philadelphia. Really? Yes. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know if I like that job. They've got some good players. Yeah. They've got some good players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, you can at least maybe look at that. I mean, Toronto, they, they don't, They've got nothing. I mean, they and and what they have, it's so bad. Like the yeah. the mood there is so bad. It's so poisonous. I just don't know how much anyone's going to be able to fix that. But um, well, I guess we'll wait and see. Dude. Yeah, we're going to we'll find out because no see. one's going to do anything until Babcock does. No. Something. What else you got, dude? Dude, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Worcester Sharks and the San Jose Barracuda, dude. Okay. In terms of something that I was thinking about today. As Worcester lost their uh, playoff series right. uh, to Hershey in four games. As I looked at the young players in in that series, the guys that we sent up, you know, uh, Tierney had three points in four games. Goldobin had zero, which I think was a little bit discouraging. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch any of the games, but he had no points. Uh, Goudreau had one. So uh, for three young players who I think you're hoping might go in and make a big impact, Mm -hmm. and then you look at the leading scorers, Michael Haley, you know, that doesn't exactly make you feel good about, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on. And Wistronet, it made me think of the question, dude, what is the last good player that the Sharks have developed at the AHL level that has made a solid impact for the San Jose Sharks franchise. Logan Couture. 
But did he really get developed at the AHL level? He was there for two years. Was he there for two full years? Look it up, dude. I'm talking about I'm talking about a hundred games. Pavelski? Pavelski was in Worcester for a while. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one, dude. I'm talking about I'm look at Detroit. Tatar played 200 games before he became an impact NHL player. Nyquist played over 100. Yeah. All right. And then you're seeing a lot of the Sharks players skip that process. All right. So really only 46 games. 46 okay? games. For so he, I mean, Couture was maybe he was ready. But right? he had 53 points in 40 games yeah. at so, the so, level. Okay. He was ready. A, a dominant player. I mean, Couture is, is a borderline NHL star, right? Sure. So let's look at Pavelski. Okay. All right. Pavelski's time. Scott Pavelski. Who yeah. the hell's that? I don't know. Oh, he was only 16 games. Yeah. Okay. So those are two players not developed at the HL level, just NHL ready. Right. right. It made me question the Sharks' emphasis and priority on developing players. When you look at their roster, the young players that they've stocked there mm-hmm. over the last several years, the Senna Akalatses, the Nick Patrecki's, the Taylor Doherty's, the John McCarthy's, the uh, Freddie Hamilton's, who've all come up zeros. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been zeros. Yeah, I know. It's not... How effective... I'm not saying Roy. I don't even know if it's Roy Sumner is a bad coach. I mean, he's the winningest coach in AHL history, right? Yeah, it's not exactly it. So, oh, I mean, I mean, he's been there forever, right? You know, but but is he good at developing talent? I mean, I, I looked. I think uh, Matt Irwin played 150 AHL games before he became a regular NHL player. But is he really a regular NHL player? Not even. Wingles played 98. Okay. Desjardins 200 plus. Right. But DeJardin's a fourth-line guy. So right. maybe Wingles, 98? Yeah. 98 games? It, it just made me wonder how effective the Sharks are at stocking that team. Because really, you look at their best players there, it's the Brian Lurgs of the world. It's yeah. the Michael Haley's. It's the John Maramatsu's. It's the Danny Gru's. It's these guys that are never going to play mm-hmm. regular NHL minutes, whereas other teams seem to put a different emphasis on it. And it also made me wonder if with the team being in San Jose and being visible to us, right. will they change their philosophy and keep some of these younger players down there more? Man, I hope so, to, to answer the second question. I certainly hope so. I, I think that, I mean, guys here in San Jose, they don't just don't get out to Worcester to see those guys play a lot. You know, you have to get scouting reports or video or I don't know exactly what... Uh, you know, technology or, or, you know, surveillance is available, but yeah, I think uh, hopefully that that's what that means. I I think that, uh, but also, you know, the sharks have decided to play the young guys, which sometimes turns out and maybe uh, we'll see in the next year or two. Those are two great examples. I mean, Pavelski and Couture, they didn't need to play the AHL, right? We're saying, where are the guys that you're seeing significant improvement from? Right. Who've been in that program. The guys who've been in that program, by the time they're done with their contracts, they just get released because yeah. they suck. Right. They're just so not any good. They, they didn't get any better. Ben Ferriero. You know right. what I mean? What? Where's the player that you see who, who rose from the AHL to have like a real, like you're like, oh, the Sharks really developed this talent. Right. 
Yeah, he was good, raw talent, and then he slowly got better over the course of three seasons, and now he's a great NHL player. Now, but we also aren't seeing that player who moved on from the Sharks system to go to another system and thrive. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened either. Right. So is that an indictment on the Sharks? Drafting? Drafting? I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, one you know, one thing I was reading about not too long ago is Michael Scarbosa, which I think was traded in the... Uh, Jamie McGinn deal. The Jamie McGinn deal. And a lot of people were crying about that. And I think I read not so long ago that Scarbosa is essentially done. Mm-hmm. Like, no one thinks that he's ever going to sniff the NHL level. And so... You know, if you want to say, oh, the Sharks are smart and dumping that guy. But, you know, it was a guy that a lot of people were really high on. But it could be another another uh, mark against the Sharks drafting ability. Maybe they need to shore up in that. Yeah, in that I mean, it, it, it's it's discouraging to, to see that, you know, the young players they've signed as college free agents, the young players that they've brought in, you know, we're not seeing them hit on a lot of them mm-hmm. in terms of success at the AHL level. Now, maybe that's not where the emphasis should be anyways. And would, would Tierney, Goudreau, and company been successful if they had been down there for a full season? It sure looks like from Tierney's stats, he would have had a yeah. very good season. Yeah. You know, yeah. So would he be better served playing 80 games in Worcester, having yeah. a, you know an 80-point season, being a dominant player at that level, and then moving up? Um I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a question, dude. Yeah. And, and I think, um, could the philosophy change with the franchise being so much more in fan view, where maybe they'll feel like, well, we can Goldolbin and it will play for the Barracudas right. instead of going to Finland because you can still keep an eye on him, right? Yeah, and it's not like he's three thousand miles away. He'd still be here, right? So. Something to see if that if the Sharks become more of a player in the AHL in terms of trying to develop their talent there instead of with the big club. All right, dude. Um, of course, playoffs are still ongoing, dude. Ooh, Dan Boyle, baby. Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle. Yes, yes. Rangers win that game. Going to game seven. Rangers win game seven in the Garden. Yep. Calling it. Well... Yeah, I don't know if that's so good for me. I have uh, Tampa Bay and Montreal in our bet, so I'm I'm clearly rooting for Tampa. That's my uh, actually it's my only shot left in the tournament. So uh, well, you've got them at home tonight. You know you you've got to figure they're going to be playing their asses off tonight because they don't want to go back to Montreal. No, you know that they would be do a not want to go back to Montreal. That would be a terrible situation to play Carey Price in a game seven in Montreal. Yeah, that'd be a horrific situation so I, I i would guess you know if i was in vegas i'd be putting money on tampa tonight to end it dude mm-hmm. even without callahan and in the west we have chicago waiting around sweeping the wild chicago doing what chicago tends to do which is they suddenly ramp up in the playoffs and decide yep. they're a good team yep. despite being what third in the central right you know st louis does the pretender act again yep. nashville basically came out of nowhere this season anyway, and so they kind of came a little bit down to earth, and Chicago quietly just started kicking everybody's ass. We've yep. seen this so many times before. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I mean, they're you, a machine. you, you got to take them over the Ducks, even though the Ducks have had a pretty easy road themselves. Yeah, I think you, you put them up against each other. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is over in five. Like, I just think, yeah. you know, Chicago is a machine. The Ducks' weaknesses will be exposed, and, you know, the Blackhawks will be waiting 
you know, for whoever comes out of the East and whether it's any of these four teams, like they're already going to be beaten up. Yeah. And then they're going to beat each other up again because that matchup, let's say it's Tampa Rangers, is going to be a way tighter matchup than Ducks Blackhawks. Yeah, I guess you just got to hope the Ducks can hold on to them for a little while. Win at least yeah. win a game at home at least. I, I, you're saying we got to hope? I don't hope that, dude. Yeah, I got to hope because I want the Eastern team to win because I need Tampa Bay to win. That's why. I, I don't want Chicago being... Vegas! I don't want Chicago being... Vegas bet! Happy and rested. Vegas! It would, would, it, would it be... Would it be like a total bummer if Chicago won again? I mean, you know, then then we're talking like there's only been three teams that have won in the last ten years. It seems like. Um, I would not. It won't be a bummer when I'm sitting yeah. in the Venetian, dude. I know you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, All right, dude. Any other news that we should be talking about or NHL? Ins I don't and outs? think so, dude. You know, we're just kind of now we're in a spot where we're waiting. I think in the next couple podcasts, we'll take a look at the goalie market. Mm-hmm. Something the Sharks are going to have to take a look at. We'll take a look and maybe we'll play the roster Raider game, dude. Yeah. And see whose roster we might be able to take advantage of. Um, and, you know, we got the draft, you know, we'll be right. coming in late June. So there's stuff going on, but it's going to be pretty quiet, I think, until Mr. Babcock chooses the girl he wants to take to the prom. I think you're right. And I still think it's going to be Toronto because because she tells him that his hair looks so nice. I'm going to say he stays in Detroit. Really? Yep. Okay, you heard it here first. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.